Hi, welcome to NDE TV. I'm Peggy Robinson. Today's guest is Steve Swaggart, and he is going to tell us about his near-death experience. Hi, Steve. Hi, Peggy. How are you today? I'm good. You having a happy Easter? Great. Absolutely. Happy Easter to you, too. Good. Well, I'm just going to let you jump in and um, just pretend this okay. is your show and just take over and tell us your story. Okay. Well, it was 2018 and it was August 12th. And uh, I don't really remember the immediate uh, happening, proceeding, calling 911, but I knew very quickly I was in bad shape. Uh, that was on a Sunday morning. I'll say it on a Friday morning, I was at a theater, a local theater where I serve on the board of directors and, uh, had attended an event there and had not felt well and had a headache, uh, the whole time and, and stayed in the office of a good majority of the time there while the event was taking place. And I ended up walking home that night, which is only a couple of miles away. And uh, I, I don't really know what happened Saturday other than that I hadn't been feeling well and I was resting. And then uh, it was Sunday morning, I'll say between 2 and 3 a.m. roughly. I don't remember the exact time. I knew I was in imminent danger and I was able to call 911 somehow. But when I was looking at my phone, it looked like uh, five or six screens of the phone. But I noticed my finger when I would uh, take my index finger to try to dial, I noticed that, you know, all five or six images I saw kind of kaleidoscoping together. Uh, my finger would go to the, to the proper number on all those pictures. So long story short, I was able to call 911 and uh, was waiting for the paramedics to get here. And, and the last thing, um, well, I, I was at the top of the steps and I was going to go downstairs and unlock the door so that they could get in. And I had told them to please bring a defibrillator. I'd had heart problems for a while, but I could tell the way this felt that I was definitely having a heart attack. It had all the telltale signs. And uh, long story short, I'm at the top of the steps. I fell down the steps. So I had a heart attack and ischemic stroke and fell down the steps and broke my neck. Somehow, I found myself crumpled at the bottom of the steps and I was, uh, my steps go down about 11 steps. Then they make a right angle turn. And, uh, when I first came to, I was at the bottom of the steps in the corner where that right angle is. And my house is a double brick construction with plaster walls. And I had put my neck right in there. And I don't know if you can see that line about here. That was from my neck being back. So when I woke up, I was had my neck over like that. And uh, I, I, I was shocked I was even coming to it all. And I took my right arm and lifted my left arm over because I couldn't uh, move my left arm without the assistance of my right arm. And I reached back to see if any bone was protruding and to see if there was any bleeding. And I felt for sure that I, I must have a compound fracture, like the bone was protruding in my neck. And uh, fortunately, there was no blood. But I sat down on the um, floor of the uh, room that's immediately at the bottom of those steps and uh, was sitting with me behind down on the on the hardwood floor. And so my back, uh, this is my legs. My back was like this with my head up at the top. And I slammed my neck 
into the floor three different times. Worst pain I've ever felt in my life. Uh, and then that's the last thing I remember. And I went to a place of just blackness. And uh, uh, all I could think about then was, you know, how do I get back to the woman that I was in love with at that time in my life? Um, long story short there, we spent some wonderful time together after all of this happened and uh but we're not together now but uh i just immediately thought in in that place of blackness how do i get back to her and my dogs <laughs> uh, of all things and um uh after that i remember waking to cpr and i totally believe i was on the floor the same floor that i just mentioned in my house and I remember uh, I aspirated. So aspirations when you get, uh, for those that don't know, aspirations when you get uh, air trapped in the abdominal cavity. And uh, so you kind of spew out liquid and the air and everything. And uh, it felt like from my belly button straight up to my mouth, I could feel them rip a tube out. Uh, and that's the breathing tube that they had in me. Uh, and then I was very, very combative, but very quickly also knew, oh, these are the people here to help me. And then I remembered, you know, what was taking place. So uh, I, I kind of remember, I thought they took me out on a, uh, on a, like a ambulance medical bed that uh, it, it really seemed to me like I remember being on one of the electric tops type of ones that you can raise and lower could be completely wrong there. But uh my house is in the mountains in Cumberland, Maryland. And uh, I remember uh, when we were just outside my house, there's a very narrow bunch of stairs that go downward to the street, uh, first to the sidewalk. Then there's more stairs that go down to the street. And uh, I, I really thought like maybe we fell over or one of the guys almost fell over outside. And at that point, I felt like I was out of my body again. So I'm positive I died again. Uh, you know, CPR brought me back and then I was combative. And then it seemed like it happened all over again. The ambulance is probably two and a half. I mean, the hospital, uh, my apologies, is about two and a half miles away. And I remember flying over the, the uh, ambulance on the way to the hospital and knowing that my body was inside and that I knew clearly I was outside of my body and in that I was uh, dead. <laughs> and uh, I, I, it's kind of strange. I had an awareness that I knew I was coming back and I wanted to go as deep as I could into the experience. And I had read about near death experience as a child, then off and on through the years. Uh, I didn't seek it out much uh, as far as material to read. And indeed, there wasn't as much available as there is today all, all, also. And uh, anyhow, um, then later uh, at the hospitals, a whole different experience. And um, I, I don't really remember anything after flying over the ambulance of the hospital. So, my belief is that I then was at the hospital. Uh, it seems very clear to me that I remember being defibrillated three times. Um, and that like when I was shocked, it felt like my whole body just tensed up and my arms stuck out straight and, and 
I felt like, stop it, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but I was also out of my body and elsewhere. So those are not super, um, indelible memories. They're rather subtle in comparison to some of the other parts. And, uh, long story short, a medical team had worked on me to revive me. And there came a point where they, uh, stopped their efforts and most of the medical team left the room. I was laying supine. So of course that's uh, face up to the ceiling and uh, uh, flat on the medical bed where I was receiving treatment. Had all kinds of tubes in me and the electrical devices on my chest and whatnot uh, to monitor me while they were working on trying to revive me. And uh, there was a nurse at the uh, end of the bed on the left side, uh, near my feet. And she had her back to me. And I think she was just cleaning up from the, uh, uh, you know, they, they're working on a lot of things. They're opening up new packages. They're giving you this and that. And I think they were just cleaning up. And then there was a doctor kind of behind me and up at the right side of my head. And, uh, so I had already been off in heaven <laughs> and, uh, um, uh, I was there returned to my body, but not in my body yet. And I was thinking to myself, well, how do I get back in my body? And this thought just came to me immediately that, well, I've always been really good at talking. I'll just talk. So I said, and I said it kind of quietly because I didn't want to scare the nurse or the doctor. And, uh, and they were waiting and they're cleaning up. They were waiting for a doctor to call my death. I very clearly remember the medical team saying there was a big feeling of, uh, well, they were upset that they couldn't save me and they knew that I fought hard. And, and you could feel like their energy leave the room because their attempts weren't successful. And they had to wait for a neutral and unbiased doctor to call my death. So those two people were left of many people that were in the room assisting, trying to resuscitate me. Um, and uh, so I'm, I'm back at that place where I'm, you know, knowing I'm going to get back into my body, knowing that I'm going to survive, but seeing myself there dead, thinking my body, wow, look at that. I have a lot of fight left in me. Like, I wanted to come back the whole time. I wanted to come back, which is kind of different than I hear from most people's right. near death experiences. And, uh, but I love life and I've always loved life. Uh, and, and I've always held the value of life, be it my own or others at the, the highest. Uh, and it's the most precious gift for sure. And so I just said, well, you know, I had the thought that I'll just speak. And so I very quietly said, so I guess I died. And the nurse turned around and gasped and her eyes were so big. <laughs> and of course, oh, my God. What do so we I do? guess I died. <laughs> yeah. She, uh, I didn't know what else to say, you know, and, uh, and she was just, oh, my God, and couldn't believe it. Her eyes were so big. And she's like, doctor, oh, my God, what, what do we do? What do we do? And he was relatively calm compared to her but still just totally astonished and uh and he said well i guess we have a patient again <laughs> and uh so at that point i stayed 
back in my body uh, from there moving forward. Um, uh, but I experienced a lot while I was outside of my body too. And it's, it's hard to put a lot of that into words because of course, most of it's like nothing we know in this daily existence, this physical existence that we share. And, uh, uh, it's quite astonishing. Uh, you know, there's a trauma aspect of it, but then there's this very beautiful, uh, spiritual, if you will, aspect of it, uh, that is, uh, um, boy, it just really one of the best experiences in my life from that aspect, the, the dying process, the physical dying process for me was extremely traumatic and extremely painful. Uh, the treatment was painful. I had been given CPR. Amazingly, I, I came home in five days, three days after they gave me the, uh, uh, an implant. I have a pacemaker defibrillator unit that's right there. Um, uh, three days after the event, they implanted that. Two more days later, I went home. I had a nurse take care of me for two days. And she said, well, you don't even need any help. You're doing fantastic. And you know, a lot of the professionals were just astonished at that also. Uh, Isn't that the way it always is? If you've had an NDE, it's like you've got miracle healing. Absolutely. Um, and I was still in tremendous pain. I still have two, uh, two or three sublated which is dislocated cervical vertebrae in my neck. So they're in pain daily, but you know, they wanted to fuse my neck about 15 years ago. And, and I never went through that process. So uh, April 1st, just now, April 1st, I was in a very bad car accident. Also, I don't know how this body can take what it can. Uh, I know I came from a very tough father who was a, West Point graduate and a retired colonel and an airborne ranger and a Korean War and Vietnam War vet, God rest his soul. And, uh, you know, so who knows genetics? Well, like you said, or, you're a fighter. Um, or, I or was both. too. And yes. In my second NDE, and, I was and, a fighter. And I think that's, you know, you got to want to live, mm -hmm. uh, first of all. I'm not saying everybody that has an NDE wants to live. Most want to stay in the exalted realm that we came back from. And that's totally understandable. I've been in a lot of pain throughout my life, uh, be it being molested when I was young uh, or having witnessed an airplane crash for my second, uh, first or second memory. My father was in Vietnam and got shot in the head. It didn't kill him. But, uh, you know, my first memories are really dramatic and, and traumatic things uh dramatic d and traumatic with a t and uh i was next to the pentagon at on 9 11 so i've just had some real and you know if you're a survivor you just have these kind of things happen in life that's part of surviving and uh i try to just move past them quickly but uh you know first in the out of the body experiences i was first in the place of blackness and, uh, you know, you can't help but wonder, wow, where am I? You know, you're outside of your body immediately. It's, a, it's, it's as innate a feeling as, you know, you're in your body when you're here. Uh, and, uh, and then um, 
then I'm being uh, brought back with with CPR here at my house, and then I'm flying over the ambulance. So I know I died again. That they lost they lost me, quote unquote, again. Were you and, in blackness uh, then, or was it just the day you, know, you saw? It just well, it was night, not nighttime. It was morning time, but it, and it felt like that. It just felt like that part of it was normal, except I'm flying above the ambulance, you know. So again, it was clear to me that I'm out of my body again. And I know that they're working on me in the ambulance, but I was removed from myself at that point. And I'd already resigned myself to this is part of my journey and part of the process. And, and, uh, but I, I did feel like I know they're going to bring me back, which is a, an odd feeling also. And having read some of the things, uh, I remember like fifth or sixth grade in my elementary school, we had a relatively small library, but we had poltergeist books. We had near-death experience books. And uh, I can't remember any of those stories vividly, but the, the resonating themes that ring through in most stories were certainly presented in those books. And, uh, you know, you just like, oh, I, I, that's why I knew what was happening. You know, uh, I didn't feel like, even though it was foreign to me, I didn't feel like it was foreign to me. I had some kind of awareness. And then throughout the years, I'm 54 now, throughout the years, you know, you just can't help, especially with the internet, that you come across this and that and you read them. And so you're like, oh, I remember, you know, the tunnel. I went through the tunnel. Um, but first I was in the place of blackness. Then I was over the ambulance and that seemed pretty normal. And then it just seemed like, well, I told my sister, my eldest sister, after everything, you know, after I came home from the hospital and everything, I told her, I said, well, you're going to think this sounds crazy, but I was with them. And she said, Who, who's them? And I said, the great council in the sky. <laughs> and I didn't see faces while I was there in, in that particular instance. But uh, uh, I knew I was in the presence of uh, many souls or many beings of light. And uh, and that that's indeed who they were. There's just knowingness about certain aspects of it. Um, there was a part where I, uh, well, first on the journey there was definitely like going through a wormhole throat. I read a lot about physics and we see imaging to the best of our ability that we can image what it might look like to go through a wormhole throat. Although of course we have no real idea, but I definitely felt like I went through one. It was almost like a kaleidoscope of, uh, light and different colors swirling in it. And, you know, when I first entered it, it seemed kind of slow and then it just felt faster and faster through that place into that next realm. And, uh you, it's like you know you're going the speed of light and i i felt like i flew over the pyramids uh while they were being constructed it seemed like i went over a timeline of mankind and i saw not to say the pyramids were the beginning but it's like i saw the beginning and all the way through to the end of what was mankind but like a massive download that happened so quick you can't even recall it all but you know that you know all the answers. As you're going I through didn't the tunnel? Have a life review. Sorry? As you're going through the tunnel? Is that when you saw it? Yes. Yes. Starting out slow and then just, 
you know, faster and faster and faster. And it's like, I saw just all of everything that's ever happened to mankind. But the only thing I can recall clearly is like a, a couple of seconds of seeing lots of people building the pyramids and working together towards a common goal. And, uh, but, uh, the, you know, the rest of it's just like, Oh, wow. I'm, I'm watching everything that's ever happened and, and more, you know, and then, I just knew I was in the presence. I, I remember hearing music, but it wasn't uh, earthly music whatsoever. Just all I can say is it was celestial or heavenly music. I, I can't tell you. There is just nothing to compare it to, you know, um, but it was like every soul that was present, uh, every soul that remained to stay instead of turn back and either return to their own body or, or start another journey. Uh, it was like each one of those presences made a celestial tone. And then together there was this most beautiful heavenly music. And, and I love music and I write music and enjoy music. I've been in an orchestra, sang in a band, rock and roll and uh, recorded some of my own music. And so it's, you know, this was just a completely, again, completely different kind of experience than it makes me feel are. like are we all just a computer chip in one great big computer <laughs> i sure understand that and you know there's a lot of great physics writing about uh, are we in a hologram uh, are we a projection uh in in things of that nature and you know the interesting thing about mathematics and physics is that if you're truly open-minded you have to at least not discount those things you can't disprove. And so I'm very open-minded to those things. And physics only further opens the door to that being a possibility. Uh, but of course, we don't have those answers. And, and right. part of our journey here, you know, the, the curiosity side of it is, is seeking those answers. But, you know, uh, and so therefore, I don't know those answers, of course, but I do feel like we're here on a journey to evolve our souls and as terrible as some of the events we might experience through life indeed absolutely are. I had to uh, testify against a friend of mine who murdered his dad. I've been through some horrific stuff and it's like those experiences are still learning experiences. There are things that make life sweeter and show us how valuable life is and faith and love and I think, you know, faith and love are always, it, it, for me personally, it always comes down to the most resounding message that faith and love are what resonate clearer and truer than anything else I've ever known. And, and they also don't leave you when everybody and everything else will. And for me personally, and I, I can only speak for me personally, I never try to push my views on others. I just hope people remain open-minded. You know, prayer has been essential to me in my life because, again, it's, it's a tool or a coping mechanism, if you will, that's always there for us. And, you know, it's difficult to go through the kind of trauma I experienced on August 12th of 2018, but... I took scuba diving classes when I was 15 years old and got certified uh, through PADI, the Professional Association of Diving Instructors, and NAWI, the National um, Association of Under Underwater Instructors. 
And one thing that was emphasized over and over and over through the, through the scuba diving lessons was to, no matter under what conditions you're suffering, don't panic. And of course, that's almost impossible. But right. here in the mind's eye, we have to find that place when we're having Yeah, trauma. our adrenaline's supposed to rescue us. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and it indeed does. I, you know, it not gives us, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it gives us uh, extra energy. It can give us extra focus and everything, but you know, some of us panicked more than others. And of course it depends on uh, our neural wiring. It depends on our past life experience, what our coping mechanisms are and so many other factors. But if we can remember to not panic and then, pray and prayer prayer can just be as much as just focusing on what's at hand right now and please give me the best ability to get through this uh as best that i can um uh and knowing that it's to uh something that's more powerful than ourselves that's not us not human and uh and is indeed the creator call it what you will i don't care for the semantics and the division of denominations and things of that nature. We all have uh, uh, the voice of intuition within us. And well, I hope we all have it. It's all about uh, and, that relationship, we, isn't it? Absolutely. The divine. Absolutely. And we should focus there and, and learn to trust our intuition uh, and, and, uh, and develop a relationship with that and realize that, you know, it's more than just our conscience within. It is the connection that's resonating uh, as clear as a bell or as loud as a trumpet through most of us. And uh, I, I think, at least in my short 54 years, I think I'm watching humanity become more and more detached from those things. And there's so many different factors that... Uh, certainly seem to be making that a fact. Uh, and there's plenty of scientific evidence to back those things up too. But uh, I also see a time where it seems that uh, humanity on a whole level is, uh, I think, returning to those things. But it takes these great traumas. And then it takes, you know, part of faith in ourselves. If we don't, you know, we might not have it to something outside of us yet uh per se uh for for each of us but you know it takes time to build that faith within ourselves to trust our own intuition like golly i should have listened to that voice boy i knew i had that feeling i had that gut feeling and it was right you know and you go through that a couple of decades uh and uh it, you know and and your intuition will prove itself to you if you listen to it and uh i, I think faith prayer it's the same thing. We know what to pray for. We know who we're talking to. We might argue about what you call it, what I call it, what somebody else calls it. But, you know, a principled creator is what we're talking about. And it's a shame we argue because we don't know. <laughs> you know, uh, it's just something that's principled and it's just something that's the creator. And, uh, you know, it's... Uh, uh, I like that you that, put that uh, word principled in there because to me, I, it's like, it's, you know, it, they, we know the creator has principles that we are supposed to live up to, you know, just exactly. like when, even though our spouse isn't around, we know how to conduct ourselves 
you know, as a child, they know how to conduct themselves, even though their parents aren't watching or the teacher isn't watching. It's that knowing that they have principles and we are to adhere to them when when they're not looking. And 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 we know God is always looking. Exactly. And intuition always tells us right from wrong if we ourselves question it. And, you know, intuition never oh, I don't know. Let me get back to you later. We know instantly when we're children, we know right from wrong. We all know it before we're even taught it. It's an amazing innate ability. And there's a lot more innate ability within that we have certainly become seemingly more and more detached from. But I don't want to focus there. You're fine. You're fine. I get it. The parts of the experience that were fascinating you know uh, traveling through the wormhole throat and and hearing music there was at one point where i was uh at the edge of a meadow and uh it's like i walked through the meadow and i don't remember that part but i remember being at the edge of the meadow and uh i was and this is interesting i was there in the meadow with the one that i was in love with at the time and she was not dead um so there was somebody in my experience that was, you know, here on earth, uh, sharing the physical experience we call life. And, uh, I remember looking across the meadow and the meadow, uh, I mean, the meadow was like coming out of the woods and then there's a beautiful field with flowers and we're looking across it. Like we were looking towards the future, you know, and I can just say it was beautiful. Uh, and it was not, worldly as we know it here it was completely otherworldly we were light bodies which was interesting the rest of the experience was like you know when we were light body form it was like we were our bodies but our bodies were composed of light and and that's the only time i felt like that the rest of the experience which was in that realm was more like i was a lot of people say they had a view that was 360 degrees around. I had a spherical view. So if you imagined yourself a microscopic sphere and you could see in every single direction, which is more than 360 degrees, that would be linear in a two-dimensional. In a, in a three-dimensional way, we're, we're seeing spherically around ourselves. And I certainly had that ability there. And there came a knowingness of like, there's no talking if there's other beings present, you know what one another's thinking. And it's never negative stuff. There, there was a part there where everything there was beautiful and everything that there was a, a 100% agreement on would materialize just as, as you know anything in our life around us. But if there was just one, one voice of dissension, we'll call it, it would all disappear everything would disappear and it was more like uh not that there's lots of dissension there because there wasn't but it was more like a valuable lesson right off the bat like basically we don't dissent here you know we uh, appreciate and we share and there's you know i just knew there was no greed i knew there was nothing but love there was that love we all others talk about that's just an all-encompassing love and it's not the love that we know here we only get glimpses of it and i don't even think the glimpses of the love we know here uh do the love their justice that that again is a knowingness um i remember hearing the the music and that was like each person 
or each, I don't want to say person, but each soul present had their own tone that they contributed to these beautiful melodies, uh, melodies and harmonies all, you know, all blended together. Music's not just a melody. It's got a melody, it's got a harmony, et cetera, et cetera. And all those integral parts were present, but beautiful in a way I can't even describe, uh, uh, music. Uh, and I absolutely adore music. Um, there, uh, so when I was in the, um, point of perspective where I could see spherically around myself, I just felt like I was a part of energy itself and that I took up no three-dimensional volume. I was only a point of perspective without mass is what it felt like. Um, uh, You could, or I could be anywhere instantaneously with just the thought of wanting to be if it was to be before uh the pyramids if i wanted to return back there if it was to be in the meadow or what boom you'd be there you'd be there and the traveling there was like going through that wormhole thread again but like at instantaneously but i mean it was like you were going faster than the speed of light or something and you could just see like you'd start off kind of slow and then it was just colors and twisting, but definitely like I knew I was going through a wormhole throat. I mean, it sounds silly, but it just like, Oh, I know what this is, what this is right away. And, uh, I just kept thinking I wanted to go further and further into the experience. Uh, if I had any aspect about it, that's disappointing. I wish I could recall more of it because I definitely went deep into this and, and I don't know exactly how long in, in this physical realm I was, laying there waiting for the doctor to come call my death. But I definitely feel like it was a half an hour or more. It was a little while. Did you go in the future? And, uh, uh, I think that I probably did, uh, but nothing that I can recall. I mean, I really felt like I saw humanity from the very beginning to its end. Uh, and again, that's kind of a distinct knowingness but I don't have any indelible recollection of it. Uh, and, and I, you know, maybe I don't need to, or maybe I don't want to, it's kind of hard to say there. It's, it's amazing. We can recall anything through these experiences, first of all, but it's also very evident to me that, uh, what I can recall seems like a little minute percentage of the overall experience, which is a little disappointing, <laughs> you know, I, uh, but, uh, I think a lot of that's associated with the trauma of it. I definitely had PTSD after this. I had it before this from other experiences, but it just kind of uh, magnifies those those uh, things again. And, you know, time and, and uh, being around the right network of friends and support uh, lets all that settle. I feel like a tuning fork that was... Uh, struck really hard and and just vibrating out of tune and it seems like with the passage of time uh, you you start ringing or resonating properly again how we're supposed to and so i'm starting to feel uh that calmer inner self again like i know i'm supposed to feel like like i know we're all supposed to feel and uh you know it's it's been tough the the trauma aspects of it are tough and then talking about this kind of stuff, you know, it's not for everybody. Of course, some people will just give you the, 
roll their eyes, look and stuff like that, <laughs> you know, and, uh, uh, but then there's others that are very eager to hear about this experience. And, uh, you know, I've always had very strong faith, but I've always had a little bit of doubt. I, I wish the ones that doubted that. didn't believe would ask more questions before they made up their mind and rolled their eyes and walked away. I wish they would ask more questions because if they think we're lying, ask questions, find out, keep digging well, and then well, make up your mind. You know? Opportunity. I uh, feel like they'll have their opportunity, but I definitely agree with you. Uh, it, it's interesting, you know, but I, I think we've all been the skeptic in one way, shape or form. And uh, again, you know, being open minded is really just about if I can't disprove something personally, then I should at least think that it's possible. Uh, and, you know, if life if my experience of 54 years has taught me anything is that there's certainly plenty of things that have come uh, to fruition that were deemed or thought impossible. And some of the greatest minds of, uh, of past history uh, were persecuted for their thoughts. You know, uh, I, I don't want to say names because history isn't my forte. I might say Copernicus or Galileo. I don't want to say the wrong names, but you know, there's certainly been men that have stepped forward and, uh, Hey, this is, this is what it looks like is actually happening. And then the church would go after them, for example, or something that, Oh, it goes against doctrine. That's, that's against God. But then later it's proven that yeah. that is actually, yeah, I understand people need common sense. You don't want to be gullible. You don't want to believe every stupid thing that comes out of everybody's mouth, you know, <laughs> then you just hate to dismiss everybody too. So it's a fine line. Exactly. And the amazing thing today, you know, we have uh, you, for example, doing these wonderful videos of people sharing, and we have others that are uh, making videos similar. We have more science, uh, a, a growing body of evidence of science uh, and documentation about these experiences. And, uh, you know, it's just getting to the point where I think a lot of people can't deny it anymore. And I'm, I'm talking about those that uh, haven't experienced this phenomena, but it's very real. There's no question about it. Um, I felt like with the life review, I felt like I knew I was coming back. I felt like I've had strong faith. Uh, you know, none of us are perfect for crying out loud, but I, I've never done anything so heinous. You know, I've always valued life and I've been there to stand up for life as I feel like I should. Uh, I'm only trying to honor the parents that brought me into this world. I was very fortunate to have absolutely wonderful, supportive and loving parents. I'm living in a place now, and this is my 20th year here, where, you know, in my youthful naivete, I thought everybody had parents like I did. And that is so far from the truth. It's been tough to watch the struggle here where I reside that's very real. And to watch these kids grow up playing their little game called jailbreak and then watching them go to high school and then go to jail. Um, there's terrible things ingrained in our communities here. There's terrible political games going on. Uh, there's terrible divisiveness taking place right now that is really 
ripping together the bond, uh, ripping apart the bonds of humanity right now that are so frustrating. And uh, I'm seeing you know, it in your death experiences seeing... too. They've become divided. They are now yes. either have Christian near death experience podcasts or you have the new age. And I've noticed that the, uh, the new age into ears are now publicly stating, I am not Christian where before it seemed like people assumed they were Christian because they were say they were in heaven. They had this experience and we assume, and it's not the case. And I thought, why is this hidden? And uh, so I feel like they're coming out now and stating, I am not Christian. And, you know, um, I know Peter Pandora seeing whether one of the other days called not church. And he goes in and I assumed for a long time, I've known the last few years, but before that, I assume, you know, he's a minister. He's Christian, right? No. And then other ones are putting on their wall. I am not Christian. And they're near death experiencers. And, you know, a lot of people are being shocked. And I'm like, well, like I've been kind of knowing this for a while now, but I was shocked a few years ago. And now we have just, just Christian podcasts in for NDEs. They don't want anybody on there. It's not Christian. And they will decide just how Christian you are. Maybe you're not Christian enough to be on their podcast. <laughs> You know, and they're telling well, people not to be on my podcast because they say I'm I make Christians look bad <laughs> by yeah, being well, on a podcast that I welcome everybody. I'm not going to say you can't be on here because you're atheist. I'm not going to say you can't be on here because whatever, because I just want to know that you're experienced. I want to know what you saw and what you saw, heard absolutely. and what you feel about it. But but yeah, yeah. that division God. is a real thing right now. And God is all accommodating as you are. And people need to remember that. And denominations, my dad was also a mathematician and, and a civil engineer. But, you know, denominations have one specific purpose, and that is to divide. That is their function. And, you know, we can look at examples of the church, for example, that start out with the same agreement. And then all of a sudden become splintered and splintered and splintered again and again and again, which is ripping the, the fabric of humanity apart. You know, it's a shame people will focus on the details of denomination because we all know the cl cliche about what's in the details. And we don't have, you know, life is so, for crying out loud, it's so short. I just lost my father at 89 years old in 2020 in May. 89 years old is a wonderful life and he lived an absolutely wonderful life, but I'm 54, 89 is not that far away. You know, we certainly don't have time to spread hate and argue about these things, but we have the choice and the free will to do so, but denominations divide and they're going to continue to divide. And, and I feel like the know, wider the divide gets, the bigger the gap that leads to war. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. I seriously wor worry that we're going to have a Christians versus non-Christian war because they're know, hating church, they're hating Christians, and it's just growing and growing. And the Christians are responding by, we've got to arm ourselves and we got to get together and block out anything that's not Christian. And it's just like this big C in the middle that's just, you know, and I feel like the more it's divide, like, like, you know, there's going to be war. It's like a family it's like if you had uh, two brothers and two sisters, four children, and they were fighting over their parents. It's no different. We all have the same maker. Call him or her it 
what you will, and it's a principled creator. And again, if we're going to waste time arguing over this, you know, Judaism and Islam and and uh, Christianity, they share the same creator. Yeah. And I don't mind having but people come part. on that think completely different than I do. But when you come on, just don't try to get me to agree with you. And I won't try to get you to agree with me. You know, let's just tell your story. So, I mean, but you know, someone like you, you know, we, we are on the same wavelength with things. And so we can Thank discuss you. this, but other people, I'll completely keep the conversation off the table because it's not going to work well. And you can kind of tell, right? It, it, it's important. And exactly. And it's important to know who you can articulate yourself to and then when to be quiet, because I just, I don't like to engage in uh, uh, a heated, angry type of conversation. Arguing it doesn't feel good in here. Is a healthy thing. Mm -hmm. Right. And arguing can be a healthy thing if we treat each other with respect and it's mutual. Uh, but when we start raising voices and pointing fingers and saying nasty stuff, then of course, like you said, it doesn't feel good in here. And, and that's intuition again, telling us like, nope, step away, get, get back. And, you know, I, I don't have time to spin in those places, but I'll also be the first person to stand up when somebody needs to stand up for yeah. what's right. Me too. I just, I can't help being that person, right? you know, and, uh, it drives a wedge between me and others sometimes because like you say, we're not, we're fighters. We wouldn't be yes, here speaking I, if we weren't yeah, fighters. Yeah. And I'm not going to let the people that are, are like spreading hurt on purpose. I'm not going to let that continue. Uh, I, I'm not saying I would do something, uh, uh, in a hurtful or hateful manner, but I'll put an end to it as quickly as possible. And then, yeah. Like, you know, some of these ND groups, oh, see them say bad things about Jesus. Well, I'm not going to stand there and let them say bad things about Jesus and just scroll on on, on by, you know, no more if they were sitting there talking about one and of my we kids. Can, we can all point fingers at each other, but, you know, nobody has walked in my shoes. Nobody has walked in your shoes. Nobody has walked in another's shoes. And it's, it's, uh, it would just be, Without a doubt, we can all certainly agree. It would just be a better place if we all learn to respect one another right. and expect others' experiences without casting judgment. But yeah. we don't have a society today that promotes those things. When when everything is uh, pressure and stress and and the need, the dire need for money, uh, you know, there's just, it's a factual that there's just more money where there's more headaches, where there's more fighting, where there's more this and more that all the negative stuff, uh, you know, people want to watch the news and they want to see what happened today. It's a fear of death. Death is not, death is illusory to me today. Uh, death doesn't take place. What takes place is a transition. And we all get to go through this incredible humbling and everybody will face their humbling. Yeah. And those that are going to have faith and prayer today and focus on evolving the soul within are going to find themselves in a much better place because part of my near death experience that was abundantly clear to me is either you ascend and remain to stay or you will cycle back and do it again. Now, I was brought up a Christian, uh, and 
I always wondered about for some reason inside my, my intuition always kind of was echoing in my mind. Like, is there reincarnation? I feel a hundred percent for sure that it exists now uh, because I know that if you didn't remain to stay ascended, that you returned and either you returned to your own flesh and that you've known or are incarnated into another existence to learn more because we're always in a state of learning uh, in this realm. And uh, the, the whole experience is absolutely fascinating. You know, I'm glad I'm able to step back from the traumatic parts of it and, and look at it uh, more open-mindedly. I want to ask you, you know, something. I, absolutely. When you were flying <laughs> over the ambulance and after you were out of the hospital and you went through that highway again, how did you feel? <laughs> it's so funny you bring that up because the first time I drove down that road after the event, I thought to myself, the last time I went down this road, I was dead. And that is like, you know, body, my body was dead. I was still here. Uh, as I said, our souls go on without a doubt. I'm so, so positive and sure of that. Uh, forgive me, my dogs are barking. But it, that was just a very peculiar feeling that I will never ever forget and every time i go down willowbrook road to the hospital right down the street from my house i think of that you know i, I can't I help but think of that i i can remember being in the back seat of my parents station wagon and remembering flying above the highway and i of course i didn't talk about it because so how could you talk about it you know but i would remember right. that and and that road it goes past the pond where i drowned and that road is a common road we go we go to Marietta. And so you have to pass that pond. You have to go down that highway. And there was this billboard. There was still a billboard there. But every time I'd see that billboard for the longest time, I get this eerie feeling. And when I get this one place, as soon as you get right past the billboard, it's just a strange feeling every time I go through there. And I didn't know what it was, but I know identify what it is now. But for the longest yeah. time, I was like, what is it about this place? <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I totally identify with that. You said Marietta, Georgia? Ohio. Marietta, Ohio. Ohio. Okay. I knew there was an Ohio also. I just asked because mom was from Georgia. So okay. it is definitely an interesting feeling though. Like that was a great question to ask because that's the first thing I thought was like, oh my gosh, last time I was on this road, I was in an ambulance and my body was dead inside. And like here I am alive again driving down the same road it just you know it's little mind-boggling still on those levels you know uh, it, it's funny how we can be so clear about what happened and knowing what happened but then still you know like i'm i'm upstairs today i moved my bedroom my, i had two of my friends very dear friends move my bedroom to down below on my first floor uh because i didn't want to deal with those steps anymore and so i came up the steps today but every time i go up and down those steps I think about all of that, you know, and like it brings back. And this, this is part of the, the triggers of PTSD. Like when I was that, this house is where back, it happened at. Yes. At the home I'm in now, I'm still at the same home. Okay. And when I was having my heart attack, it was like 
I, I felt like I got shot with a nail gun or, you know, I've never been shot with a high caliber weapon, but I felt like I got shot right smack in the middle of my chest. It was the most, there was just no question about what was happening. And so I suffer from something called Takasubo syndrome. And uh, there's uh, actually a growing body of literature on this type of heart uh, condition, but it's, it's known as a drop dead heart attack. Um, a, a broken hearted syndrome is another nickname for it. And it's got this Japanese name, Takasuba syndrome, because that's what the shape of an octopus trap is. And the Japanese word for that is Takasubo. And the heart resembles that in shape when we experience this syndrome. Uh, but, you know, I had an ischemic stroke along with that also. And, and I had a slew of other medical things. You know, there were seven different things that individually could have killed me that day. Uh, and indeed did. You know, uh, I, I feel like, uh, and this is kind of strange, after, you know, I have spinal stenosis throughout my entire spine, ankylosing spondylosis, uh, I might have said that wrong. It might be ankylosing spondylitis and spondylosis, but I have three, all three of those. Uh, I'll let everybody decipher that themselves. I didn't articulate that very well, but I also have slipped discs in all three regions of my spine and I have broken a lumbar vertebrae in the past, but overall with the two or three uh, still dislocated vertebrae in my cervical area in my neck, uh, but you were going to still, align in your neck. Did it? You cut yourself when yes. you fell? No, my head went back and over, and that's why when I got up, I couldn't straighten my neck out. Oh, you was asking so if I, I saw a line. So when I was slamming, there is a line because, like, I hit the wall like that and bent my neck back, and then it cracked over. So, like, my neck in the back, my neck was like that, and that's why I slammed it on the floor to try to straighten it up. I don't even know how I was able to get up. I, I got up and then I was feeling that and could feel those bones out. And I just was thinking to myself, how am I alive? And how am I even able to stand up? I already knew how vulnerable my neck was because they wanted to fuse it for about the last 15 years, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. But, uh, you know, the interesting thing is with all those different spinal conditions I've had for a long time, uh, my pain is less now than it was before all this happened. And I'm quite able-bodied, which is a true miracle. Uh, <clears throat> I'm in pain every day and it's, it's pretty bad pain, but I've learned to cope with it. And, uh, and again, it, it just seems like my pain, pain level was reset as crazy as that sounds you know i'm sure the doctors were just astonished that i that i somehow came back but i know that they also expected me to be paralyzed you know so the whole experience is just uh it was eye-opening for everybody needless to say uh my brother said something that was kind of funny too he says i, I told him everything that happened you know and he's like well was that like was that well was that better than winning the super bowl and i said well i haven't won a super bowl but oh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was kind of just funny uh, but what an experience i uh you know i i hope uh this answers some folks questions or thoughts about it themselves and more than anything i i hope uh 
Well, I hope I didn't leave anything out on a personal note. It just feels like every time I want to talk about this, it's like later on, it's like, oh my gosh, I missed that part or this part. Oh, it's just yeah, so, so much to go over. Like, uh, I don't feel overwhelmed as much as I once did, but I just always feel like I'm missing something, you know? Did but you feel changed anything, afterwards? I just hope folks will. Um, well, I'd said earlier, I would, I've always appreciated and loved life itself and, and valued the lives of others as I was raised. And, uh, I think it just underscores that happier for me, if that makes sense. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, if there's a strong message to carry, it's one of love and faith and whatever works for each of us we all need to learn to have a tolerance towards one another and respect each other's journeys and and promote love and promote faith and share love and share faith and not argue about i agree you do things. what works for you but it doesn't have to work for everybody exactly Exactly. And we know in our heart of hearts what's right. And we know in our heart of hearts what's good for others. And, you know, if something is not working for somebody else, respect also, that's part of their journey. And that we were, we're having a journey. And we are very, you know, very definitely on our journeys to evolve our souls. And so each one of the steps that we take upon this journey is important and we can't discount somebody else's, whatever we think is wrong with them or whatever we think they're doing is wrong, blah, blah, blah. It's important to let them have their experience. Yeah. You know, I see every day on social media, overnight. at least one and person like saying, I, I'm sorry. What? Uh, I said, we're, we're like a flower that's always blooming, you know, yeah. and, uh, and, and each of us is like that. Uh, we, we have to just let each other bloom and try to enjoy the sunshine while it's shining on us, you know, and, and then what were you going to say there? I'm sorry. Oh, every day on social media, I'm seeing at least once a day, somebody saying how much they hate religion. It's a, such a common thing now. I hate religion. I hate religion. And I'm like, well, I had a bad experience with religion. So I hate all religions. I'm like, you know, I don't go to church anymore. I wish I did. I wish I would, but I have a social anxiety and, you know, I'm just not, and I choose not to, but I appreciate religion because religion made me a Christian, even though we went to different churches as a kid, our parents didn't go to church, but our grandma sent us. And then at 18, um, got married and uh, my ex, he was Catholic. So I become Catholic. And so, and then I, then we got divorced after 16 years. Like, well, do I go back to Catholic? Do I go back to Christian? What do I do? You know, so I kind of went back and forth and the Catholics did not want me back because I had been Christian. And then the Christians didn't want me because I had been Catholic. And so there's, there is a lot wrong with the with religion but i don't hate religion i love religion if it wasn't for religion i wouldn't be the christian i am today now the christian i am today may not be good enough for somebody else that goes to church or mass every single you know holiday or sunday and and then the other ones you know you're too christian and and so there there's nobody fits 
with anybody else exactly on this scale of what is Christian and and then not being Christian. And, but they, they hate religion so bad. They, they want to get rid of religion. Like their life would be fine if they could just get rid of religion, if they could just get rid of Christians. Um, I don't know where this is headed, but it's, it's headed somewhere. So. Well, I mean, we, we can say revelations kind of shares us or points out where it's headed and it's not the only great scripture great book that that is revealing in those ways and as time goes on those those things that are written in that book and in other books are only proven more correct but uh, when it comes to christianity there's there's the non-christian that can't stand christians a lot of the time and uh you know christians can't stand each other died for (laughs) And that's true. And, and Christ died for our sins, which means we're sinners. That means every Christian's a sinner. And, and when we have, uh, you know, the, who am I to judge? We are sinners. We shouldn't be judging other, but we all do. It's, it's part of our life too. We have to make judgments every day just yeah. to survive, just to make the right movement. But judging another is a whole different thing, you know, but, Again, we have to like, oh, I don't want that person in my house near the kids. I don't want that person in my house near my wife, near my whatever. We, we all are making judgments. Uh, like you said, you but, believe in uh, reincarnation. Yeah. And I don't believe in reincarnation. But there are some do. Christians, and as soon as they would hear you say just, that, they would turn it off. Of and they'd be making comments on this yep. channel. He's new age. He's, and they well, would I, discount I, everything else you said. I still consider myself a Christian, uh, and I don't. I, I just don't play into the the name calling or the falling into this category or that category. I know I know what my life dictates, and I know that you know uh, Jesus was born a Jew. Jesus became the leader of Christianity to. And, and died for our sins because we're all sinners. He gave and paved a way to heaven for everybody that otherwise wouldn't be there. And that's what we're taught. That's, you know, that's not a, uh, that's part of the doctrine. That's not part of my opinion. If it's right or wrong, sure, we can all argue about that, but it's such a poor place to focus. Uh, it's more important that we feed the homeless that we help to stop the wars and preserve peace. And it just would be so much better a place if we would decide to focus on those things instead of letting divisive groups and individuals help us to focus on the wrong things. And we, we put so much energy into so much negativity. Somebody slaps somebody else in an awards event. And that's the main topic. But two years ago, all the riots, oh, they were for that. If we would have taken those millions of hours collectively wasted (laughs) to feed people that are starving to death and close some people that are freezing, gosh, this world would be a better place. And there would be less of the type of stuff. It's like, you know, we have to get back to common sense. 
it it sure seems that way and you know when some people they do they love they they love to hate him for slapping him and they love to hate each other for having a different opinion of who's right about the slap (laughs) they hate a republican they hate a democrat they hate biden they hate trump hate 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 that's all but that's all on the news too the last several years they can't just tell the news we're gonna hear all these opinions huh I watched a funny movie with Jake Gyllenhaal just two nights ago called Nightcrawler. I shouldn't say funny. I don't mean funny in a ha-ha comedic way whatsoever. I watched a peculiar movie with Jake Gyllenhaal, and uh, it's called Nightcrawler. But it's uh, about him breaking into the into the news uh, world, so to speak. And so he shoots video to make a long story short. But, you know, the more gory the video the higher the demand, the higher payment for it. And, you know, uh, I don't want to blame all the world's problems on social media, but we know social media makes everybody focus here more, you know, but it's a tool and tools can be used to do good and tools can be used to do bad. And we just got to each find our place within that realm and and decide for ourselves, are we going to do good or are we going to do bad? And if we feel like something is, is promoting the bad, then we need to step out of it. But that's, you know, those are personal choices. But time arguing is like, I can't change anybody else's mind until they're right. ready. You can't save a drug addict from drugs until they're no. ready. You know, it's just the way it is. And uh, we're better off always, always, always better off spending our time with somebody who wants our time as opposed to somebody who doesn't want our time. And we should spend our time with people that value us and our time and not spend it with those that don't right. value. And we don't need to judge them and all that. We already know yeah. who they are. And it's not saying they and they're bad. It's just, hey, let them have their journey and we're going to meet down the road and then everything's going to be okay. I want to meet those folks then when they've gone through their, hey, man, I know what you were talking about now. Wow. Or, hey, I saw you and. Uh, I heard your message and it helped me, you know, it's much better when we have a message of strength and hope, but a lot of what's happening today deflates that strength and deflates that hope in humanity. And it's a shame. Uh, we, we should not be arguing about all these things that we're arguing about, but who am I to stop it? Right. You know, we do need discussions. Somebody needs to stand sure. up there. We do need uh, discussions and we do need to come together, but um, the hate can quit. Just got to treat each other. Yep. We just got to treat each other well and respect one another. And, you know, a lot of it's like, it does start with the family and it does start how children are raised. And it does start with the examples that we set for our children and for others. And I don't have any children. I only say that because I had fantastic parents. You know, what irritates uh, me, I guess, the most misguided. I haven't been an angel in my life. Is I see it on TV and I see it in real life where you don't like somebody, so you get everybody against that person. You know, like now they're going to ruin Will Smith. And no matter, say, they're going to ruin Trump or they're going to ruin this one, they're going to ruin that one. Anybody they decide that they made up their mind about and they create a monster and that person's not a monster 
They're just different. They're outspoken, whatever. They, they, they reacted differently than most people. They're out of the norm. You know, just, it's no different than the playground when somebody's wearing orange tennis shoes or they wear glasses or they got red hair or they're fat or they're too skinny. You know, they'll pick out the one that's different and they just pounce on them. And they, and they say nothing joins people together as much as hate does. And it's true from the playground all the way, you know, to the nursing well, home. They'll find that one that's different and they find some kind of community in that hate. Like they have power, they belong to something. And I don't know why they can't see it. I don't know why they can't tell what they're doing and decide to become a person that's not going to be involved in attacking somebody. You know, Jesus, that's how he was killed. You know, they just attacked him. They hated him. When you're not serving... When you're not serving others and you're serving yourself, when you're not serving the creator, you're serving the other side. It's a beautiful thing today with social media. We know exactly who everybody is. And it's abundantly clear, you know, and there's always, while you walk, there's still this opportunity to choose to change and become a better person. Most might not do it. Sadly, but the door has been opened for that opportunity to change. And we all know who those are that are tearing everything down. We know what they stand for. We know that they hurt others and that they are selfish and serve themselves. Tell me that's not evil. Uh, It's abundantly clear that they are serving the wrong master, if you want to look at it with that perspective. It's a shame, you know, the time that could be spent doing good. Yeah. It's wasted doing so much bad. It's just, you know, gosh, if we took a tenth of the time that's spent with negative outcomes, if we took a tenth of that time, we could solve the world's problems. We grow enough food to feed the world several times over. Why are people starving? Greed. That's it. Simple. What's greed? Serving the self. If it's an individual or if it's a group of people, you know. All the principled books teach the exact same thing. And the message is still the same, but humanity is still the same. And, you know, we, we have these fluctuations, but humanity is still the same. But again, that's part of our journey. You know, we, boy, you know, if I just was uh, born and skipped over this life and ascended straight to heaven, that wouldn't have any frame of context around it. It would not make a, a lick of sense. How could you appreciate a perfect love if you didn't know the opposite? You know, every storm that I've gone through and made it through, by the way, has only made life sweeter afterwards. But that's a choice, too. It can ruin life, too, for some people, you know. You just got to stay focused on and determined on what your faith is and doing the right thing, you know? And again, if my near death experience underscores anything, it's all of the right things, you know, uh, that we should be celebrating together. Um, you know, I, I, I would love to see humanity. You know, my dad was a retired West Point Colonel. He went to Korea and he went to Vietnam and he's not a warmonger. He's somebody that wants to preserve peace, but he's also somebody that wanted to preserve freedom. And he helped build this beautiful, great country that's getting torn down. 
You know, if you look at Sun Tzu, the art of Sun's the art of war by Sun Tzu, it's not about warfare. It's about preserving the peace and accomplishing your goals through peaceful means. You know, you still have to question what the goals are because there's always opposing sides. But, uh, you know, the principles there are very interesting also. And it's an eye opening, very poignant book. You know, uh, I, I just uh, I hope that the individuals like yourself that are helping to raise awareness of other people's NDEs, I hope, again, underscores the right things collectively as we all share. There's a reason our near-death experiences, our NDEs, have the common themes and common messages in them. And, and we're supposed to share those things. I don't care what anybody else thinks about me. It's yeah. important that I carry a message. You right. know, and for whatever time's left, uh, hopefully it makes a difference somewhere. And uh, I, I just like to see everybody get along better. Yeah. I get to be a blubbering, emotional mess, but watching all this stuff hurts. It does. And, uh, I just wish people would stop fighting amongst themselves and learn how to respect one another and live a life of faith and share a life of love. It's a lot better place. Usually people uh, that are full of hate grew up with hate all around them. And I understand that because I've seen it and observed it. And we have to work together to break those cycles. And it's something that's indelibly ingrained into a lot of children that are from the lower socioeconomic rung most often, you know, and it's abundantly clear in college courses. If you take the right courses and you have good instructors that don't have their own agenda, you know, when we underline the facts in, instead of trying to paint a picture that doesn't exist, there's a lot to be learned that's eye opening and, and we can change those things together. Yeah, it'd be but, nice uh, if we could get over our animal instincts and get into yeah, a higher level of compassion. And that's, that's a big part of what it's all about right there, really. You know, choosing what's right. We all know what's right and what's wrong. Can we make those choices? It's, uh, I'm not saying it's always easy to choose right. But it sure is easier in the long game as opposed to the short game, you know, it could be easy to make a mistake in the short game because you're not thinking ahead. But when you get a little older and you're a little bit wiser, that just means you're looking down the road a little further to like, oh, I better not do that today. Or, well, last time I did that or last time so-and-so did that. Hopefully we all start learning from one another's mistakes so we don't have to make the mistakes ourselves. You know, some of us are hard-headed. And we have to make mistakes ourselves and think, oh, I'm different. That's not going to happen to me. Boom, it happens. You know, yeah. you just got to learn to listen to each other and stop being so selfish. You know, lot, lots to learn. And uh, the, the near-death experience is absolutely uh, just a very fascinating phenomenon that, again, underscores so much of the right things. You know, I just uh, am thankful that I know without a doubt uh, what I always knew in my heart of hearts is the truth that 
you know, our energy, uh, it may not stay in this body forever, but it exists and, and it persists after this experience. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm human. I forget sometimes that I'm going to be reunited with those loved ones I've lost. Uh, when I can step back and get out of my own way and think about it for a minute, you know, uh, Oh, I meant to I ask you. Yes. Um, now you saw someone in your NDE that wasn't dead. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. How do you under explain that? Cause I've heard that several times lately. In fact, well, I just feel like we were both at a place in our lives where we were coming from the right place in our hearts. And, uh, you know, none of us are ever really dead. We were just in that place together in, in my experience. And uh, I believe we were there. And it seems kind of silly, but after after my near-death experience, we, we spent 18 months intimate together. We're an item. And uh, we used to talk about, oh, I dreamed about this last night. And I had the same dream, ha, ha, ha. And I was there. And you know, we would be at the same places in our dreams. And, and I mean, some of those things kind of sound silly almost, but, you know, we were there together. But like I said, I wasn't dead anyway. She didn't have a near-death experience. She did end up breaking her neck uh, 18 months after I did. And uh, she's also a complete miracle. It doesn't appear that she uh, had the near-death experience or died in the process of her her automobile accident but uh you know she was left in a very poor state physically and uh they didn't know if she was going to walk again at all to start with thought she might be a paraplegic and today if you were to see her or me you would think we were both fully perfectly functional and indeed somehow we both are see the and other ones that i heard that experienced a live person on the other side they soon afterwards died themselves. But now she had a near-death experience soon after. But yeah, you said yeah, something. Exactly. I don't think I heard you correctly because you was talking and you said, but I wasn't dead. I thought you said that. I don't think that's what you said. Uh, well, I, what I meant was uh, I may have been dead from the physical realm, but uh, again, back to what I had said a long time ago was about death being illusory, that the energy that we are persists. I, I was dead in this realm. Okay. And I, didn't, I just want to clarify. Screw that. So what you heard was correct, but I didn't <laughs> articulate it very well. But, you know, I, I was certainly dead in this realm going through my near-death experience. But my overall death, I was just in the other realm. So I don't know. I almost don't even, you know it's like funerals i told my brother when when uh we experienced some deaths uh i said hey donnie uh my, my brother who are funerals for and he looked at me a little bit and he goes the survivors and i'm like absolutely you know and it, right. it sounds kind of silly a lot of people don't think about that but but we're all you know when you're here in this realm and you don't understand death fully and you don't have full faith that you're going to persist afterwards then of course we're left with this great morning in our heart. And even when you understand that we're going to ascend and that we're going to all be together again one day, we still have a great emptiness and feeling of loss. That's just normal as part of our experience. But when we can step out of ourselves and then realize like we will be together again in that eternity, this part of our experience is the blink of an eye. 
you know, and uh, it, it won't be long again. If it's 50 years or if it's uh, tomorrow, it won't be long again. I'll be back there and I'll be at peace and I'll be happy, indeed happier than I've ever known. I'll be embraced with love like like I've always prayed for here that I've never seen, you know. Uh, I'll know all those things that I would like to have happen here on earth that I have never seen yet. You know, I, I still well, I believe in my, I, <laughs> cause yeah, I don't want my kids going well, looking at the ground be, and thinking I'm down there. Cause I'm not going to be there. I, I used to be, uh, against that. And now I'm very open-minded to that because I'm not going to be in that body. You know, I am a donor. I want to be a donor still. If there's anything that can help somebody else, uh, I think that's important. Uh, but again, that's a you know individual decision, and uh, but but it's neat. We we all can change, and and I pray that we all do change for the betterment of uh, not ourselves, but for society and for mankind. And and uh, you know, each and every day we wake up, we all have that opportunity to just be a little bit better today than we were yesterday. Right. Not instantly, not trying to be perfect, you know. But, you know, as each day progresses, if we uh, take these lessons to heart and learn well, we can do a little bit more good each day for others, not for ourselves. And when we are serving other people, our own lives will be just fine. Uh, it's too bad we live in these cycles that emphasize uh, panic and uh doom and things of that nature because it only makes people react in a way that makes them serve themselves more than others but that's really a part of the tearing down it's it's a lot of psychological warfare going on in those respects uh you know sadly when it comes to opposition what's opposition want to do to the other party they always want to control it. it's always the same old story you know and people you know oh, that's not what's happening and then you sure it's what's happening it's what's gone on for thousands of years for eons it's what always happens you know it's still happening <laughs> but it doesn't have to be that way if, if each person takes care of themselves to the best of their ability and is giving to others that is more contagious than anything and that will always rule the truth will always find its way through right will always uh eventually overcome uh bad and there's proof of that time and time again and you know on the short term that might not always be the truth but right. in the long game again, it's always true right. you know i have great faith there but faith and love are so critical to to uh to all of this, you know, just being good to one another for crying out loud. It's a shame that uh, we all can't just be better to each other. But I, I have faith that, you know, today's a new day and the sun is shining bright and it's shining on me right now. And, and it's going to be a day where we can all just be a little better today. Yeah, there are so many people predicting that yesterday, Saturday was going to be the end of the world. <laughs> well, well, see you Sunday. You. It's uh, yeah, exactly. And, you know, uh, what's the end of the world even mean? I mean, you know, uh, it, I don't want to say that stuff doesn't matter to me. It does. But then again, no, it doesn't, because there's going to come a time where I'm not going to be here anyway. And I'll be happy I'm in that other realm. And, and so will we all when we're there, you know, but uh, I don't know. I don't I don't feel full of panic and anxiety and everything like I used to. And uh, 
I, I'm thankful for not the trauma, but the experience. You know, a lot of people right. ask in, in our Facebook groups about does death hurt? <laughs> yeah, it hurts. <laughs> the physical aspect of it for me. You think really a heart bad. attack hurts? A falling downstairs hurts? Right. Drowning hurts? <laughs> It was absolutely horrific. And we're very fortunate the body has mechanisms that keep most of this memory from us a lot of the time. But for me, the memories are sharp as a tack. And uh, I'll tell you, April, I, I uh, had a few folks that wanted to do some interviews with me. And life has been tumultuous, to say the least. And it's more like not that I didn't have the time to do them so much, but I didn't have the inner calm where I felt like I could articulate myself well. And if, and if my gut, my intuition says, just wait, then I just hope others will be patient and, and let me do the interviews with them when it's the right time. I had a car crash with my significant other on April the 1st, and we had these younger folks pull out of a parking lot, uh, really about 35 or 40 miles per hour, just directly in front of us. So there's nobody on the highway in front of us. And uh, then all of a sudden there's a car in front of us and I've never hit anything so hard in my life. And, uh, you know, I had my pacemaker defibrillator. So I was hurting a little bit under that. I slammed my knee into the dashboard terribly bad. And long story short, it's like, I better do some of these interviews because it's one of those moments where it's like, gosh, I could have been gone again. But, you know, somehow, you know, I was uh, I had a lot of abrasions. I didn't have a lot of abrasions. My my lady had a lot of abrasions. Really bad. Our faces looked like like people didn't even know I was driving the car. They couldn't believe I was driving the car. You know, my knee hurt. My knee still hurts. But it's like. 25 year old car and somehow I walked out of there like. You know, it's airbags deployed and whatnot, but the whole front of my car was just crushed back probably a couple feet. And it's like, I just sometimes wonder, like, how on earth did I walk away from that? And, you know, I went to the ambulance. I mean, went, I took an ambulance to the hospital. But uh, when you look at a car after going through something like that, it's hard to believe we can walk away sometimes. Like, you know, my lady's face got quite up it, we look very different from one another when you realize we were sitting right next to each other in the same car it almost doesn't make sense you know um thank god neither one of us had any breakages the other party that was at fault uh, thank god they seem to be doing okay from what their insurance agent said but uh it's again the point being it's one of those moments where you just realize just like that could have been over you know th this part of the experience and, I, and i'm thankful again it's not but it was important for me to hey i was sitting there thinking about things like okay now that i'm calming down again what are those things i need to take care of that i promised and getting in touch with you and doing this was something i talked about with you a long time ago and, and thank you for your grace and your patience um you were on five months ago so anybody wants to go back and watch that one too it's very different yeah. today. I think okay. it's important that uh you oh, I'm know, glad you come on. And me as well. And I really appreciate everything, Peggy. And happy Easter again. That's, you too. You know, I, I said happy Easter to a couple of folks last night when I was out, strangers, when I was out in public. And uh, I even questioned, like, should I say that? But everybody said happy Easter back. But it's like, 
you know, should, should I even say that to people? <laughs> it's like the Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays. <laughs> you know, I don't want right. to be purposely offensive. And it's not so important to say what what I feel like has to be said. But uh, but Happy Easter and Happy, happy Holiday <laughs> and, and all. And uh, I really right. appreciate everything very much. All right. Enjoy the rest of your day. You too. And God bless you. Thank you.